0: You know what, I was going to do a formal uh, a formal start for everybody, but let's be honest, we got two comedian podcasters here. Uh, there's really no need for that formal crap. So uh, <laughs> we just kind of slide right into the program. Uh, everybody, you know who this is. This is Anthony Thomas. Uh, you got Kevin Gauthier from the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. And uh, what you have here is a couple of comedian podcasters. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip the script on my friend here. I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Because I know... No, no, what I want to do first, actually, is I'm just curious uh, about the the podcast and the format and why you chose it. Because everybody... When you, when you have a podcast, a lot of times you have somebody who's a connoisseur of something. And obviously they want to express themselves. And you you, you do the podcast, Getting the Sacred Cow, where you deconstruct a movie that, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, Stinks.
1: Uh. <laughs> close close so let me and thank you for having me most importantly i appreciate the intro and lead in the, so the story is this for all the s anthony's fans welcome i'm kevin goatee the story gutting the sacred cow podcast is this we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate but here's the twist the film must meet one of these criteria widely beloved critically acclaimed or financially successful so you can't come on and say "Ah, eh, friday the 13th part eight that's a real piece of shit. Yeah, we know it stinks, all right? <laughs> so the goal is to have people come on and say, I hate this film that everyone uh, everyone loves, or made a ton of money, or won a ton of awards. Having the balls to stand on that hill, sometimes by yourself and have that opinion. Sometimes we agree with you. Sometimes we're like, meh, it's okay. I'm not gonna go out on the limb. And sometimes we're like, no, you're a fucking asshole. That film is beautiful, or perfect, or amazing, or whatever. So, how does it film? How does it work? You tell me, and you'll see this in the episodes, and you'll hear. Do we agree? Do we not agree?
0: Now, I'm, I'm a, what is the what is the film that <laughs> that you absolutely love? You thought was the greatest thing in the world, and then someone came in and put a hot steaming one on top of it.
1: Great question. There were. I have to go cheat now and look, but I'd be glad to do that. There are several that when they say, well, so th- usually it's Kevin and I setting up the guest and then they'll email and they'll, they'll say, Oh, this is the film I want to do. Sometimes the film they choose is it, it, it's not juicy enough for lack of a better word, because the goal is when, when you, the listener look at our, our when, you, when you subscribe, when you see our next episode come in, we want you to get viscerally upset. Like what? This motherfucker has the balls to go after blah, blah, blah. So we have to sometimes tell people like, nah, no one's going to give a shit. If you eviscerate the English patient, no one fucking cares. (laughs) So we have to find something else. I will tell you some of the films that uh, really took us by surprise that people, so I'm sorry, you're asking that surprised us after we watched them again and their argument or, or, okay. So after we watched the film and heard their argument, a lot of times, and it's going to sound like a cheap way out, but so be it. A lot of times, these films hang themselves. Although, to give credit where credit is due, the guest will, I've done this, I don't know, maybe 10 times. I will drop my score, sometimes a half point, rarely a full point. But I'll change my score of, my, of that film based on the argument. No one has ever got me to go from one pendulum, you know, swinging a pendulum to the other. So it's not like, oh, my God, I, I love that film. And then an hour later, oh, my God, you're right. That film is a complete piece of shit. No, I will not do that. I will say the films that after I rewatched them, re-rewatched them, that really, like, ooh, doesn't hold up. I will look, I'm will. i looking right now. Inception. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we. I loved it when it came out. And you're like, ooh, boy, ugh, nothing to, I, uh, I liked the Goonies. I didn't love it as much as everybody, but wow. Watch that as an adult without the nostalgia blinders on, you will be singing a different tune. I promise you. Face-off, Batman Returns, I think, is the one in the mantle that we're like, oh, boy. The, when we were. Tw- and Mike Price did that. Mike Price has done two films for us. He's a writer for The Simpsons and mm-hmm. created the show, Everest for Family. What a nice guy. Love Mike Price. He's like, yeah, Batman Returns sucks. I go, dude, good luck. Because I remember seeing that in the theater. I own it. I go, Batman Returns is good. Watching it again, you're like, ooh, ooh, there are many problems with this. I'm looking to see if anything else. I would say a lot more overrated, or it's not as strong as it used to be, but. I'm trying. Oh, X Men, the first X Men film. That's not that good. Watch Mm -hmm. that again as an adult, you'll go. Those are the ones I would say that jump out most to me. That 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 are the ones you're just most like. Oh, mm."
0: yeah. I tried to do Face Off again in a hotel. Uh, (laughs) I I saw it in the movie theater. Yeah, man, this is great. And then I watched it again and went, ooh.
1: I mean, it's two and a half hours. I forgot how goddamn long it was. And you're like, oh, I'm like, wait, there's more. But as I'm watching it, and now that the comedian in me, I'm watching and go. We could have all figured this out. The wife could have figured this out in two seconds when, you know, Travolta gets naked and, and sees, oh, wait, that's not my husband's dick. Like, there's something amiss here. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, but- The face is the same, but he's got man tits now. What happened? You know, so uh, that's-, that's one way we could have fix that film Th-
0: that's when i started laughing in the movie you know I'm uh, going so you have a blindfold on when you have sex with your husband and his penis is exactly the same and he does exactly the same things <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. do things better or worse you know <laughs> what is it mean,
1: what one can only assume that they just fuck doggy style and she faces and there's no mirror uh, <laughs> on, the, on the back of the bed and that's it. Is he you it, call them a m- straight is
0: to call the movie Face Extreme, Away? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, uh, but but
0: that, that's the thing. Now, were you are you a are you a were you a film buff a hardcore film buff before you decided to do this particular uh, show?
1: One hundred percent. There are, I would say, there are a few things I am insanely amazing at. Uh, sport, knowing sports and gambling, like NFL betting and stuff like that, I'm very very good at that. Uh, and movies are another. You can, I mean, maybe argue video games to a degree, but mm. you know, not as much anymore. But sports and movies are my two bailiwicks, and I've been a film guy since Christ. I love going. I, I remember the first film I saw in the theater. Like I remember, remember seeing it, which was Star Wars. They brought it out when Empire came out as a re-release. Mm. And the, and the scenes I remember, the the, the the most bold one was where they're in the trash compactor room. And I kind of I fell in love with movies right then and there. And then E.T., I saw in the theaters as a kid. I saw it every time it came out. And I, st- and I still to this day cry like a little fucking girl when the flowers <laughs> die and when he goes away. And that music, man, John Williams' score is, is brilliant. So yeah, I've always been a, f- a film guy since I don't know how long.
0: Let's be honest. Longshoremen cry when E.T. Uh, disappears. You know what I mean? It's the thing. <laughs> The toughest guy in the world. Would you you believe?
1: Oh yeah. Would you believe we had uh, we had a gal come on our podcast and say that ET sucks, and that's Britt McHenry. She used to be on ESPN, and uh, and her friend, who actually I got Britt Britt from, Jen Eckhart. She came on to do. Are you ready for this one? Toy Story. Oh my God.
0: Is there any way? Let's
1: just say. (laughs) Let's just say. Remember that scene in Fargo where they were throwing the body in the wood chipper? That's what happened times two.
0: All I want to say is you should have a list by a, a list in uh, as a backdrop of people who are banned from the show. <laughs>
1: And uh, no, they- <laughs> I love, them. first of all, I love those two. I love those two. And they're coming back because they have more uh, taste that I'm like, we're going to talk about this. And oh, she of was course. Just like, oh, it's, a, it's one of the worst films ever go. Toy Story is perfect on Rotten Tomatoes. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Plus, every one of those films, not the fourth one, the fourth one was was missing. And, and it, it's impossible because the third one ended so perfectly, It was, everything was a big bow and it was emotion invoking. And you walked out yes, that was it. And when I read they were doing four ago, the, be- the absolute best they can do is hope to tie it. Mm-hmm. But just to tie it. That's the best they can do because the first was so perfect. I, so,
0: I got to find this out since, you talk, since we're talking sequels. This I have to find out. This is guy to guy, guy in middle age and guy approaching middle age. I've got to find out what you feel about this set of sequels. <clears throat> sure. Born.
1: The Bourne films, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we're talking the trilogy or and the one with Ed Norton and then the one with Matt Damon, or how, are we talking- I
0: don't acknowledge the ones five? that don't have Matt Damon in it, okay?
1: <laughs> so the ones, Ed Norton is out. All right, the Bourne sequels. All right, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. The Bourne Ultimatum, which is the third one, is the best of the bunch.
0: There we go, okay.
1: And then uh, the first one is the second best. Okay. And- I didn't like too. I I rewatched it not long ago. It does. It's not that good. I don't remember Jason Bourne. Mm -hmm. I remember the only thing I remember is it was in Vegas for a minute. I'm Mm -hmm. a Vegas guy. I just got, actually got back last week from Vegas. Mm -hmm. And that's all I remember about the film. and, And again, same thing. Bourne ultimatum ended everything perfectly. Big bow tie. Everyone's happy. Why go back to the well? I know money, but it just, it, it, it didn't hit on so many levels for me. So I go three, one, and I don't remember, and I, like you, I don't acknowledge four. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember where five fits, so I guess I'll have to put two and then five, but not a, not it, a it, hard answer on that.
0: It reminds me of the Rocky films when I, because uh, you, it's almost like they started out, I want to make a movie movie. Okay, I want to make some money off that movie movie. I want to make some money. I want to make some more money. I want to make something that blows... And I I want to make a movie, movie again, because I can watch one, two, three, and four. I can't. I just can't do it with five. I can't. No one can. can. No one can. Five's awful. I I, I just you know it's it's you know when a movie the movie literally annoyed me, and I very rarely go to a movie theater because I usually am so picky about what I actually physically go to see because it's it's fifteen bucks. It's not a lot of money. Who cares, right? But it's the principle of the thing. So. I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not walking out. I'm not gonna walk out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit through this." And it annoyed the crap out of me. As a person who was born and raised in Philadelphia, I was doubly I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> I was doubly offended by the damn movie. And uh, the last one, I I, I kind of dug that one. It was, it was nostalgic for me. I was like, okay, just stop now. If they they could have completely taken, if I was going to buy it on DVD, I would literally buy the set and ceremoniously, uh, it would be like a, Give a nice, number
1: five, a Viking funeral.
0: I would burn that thing just like I would burn the episodes of Married with Children with that kid number that kid called Seven on it. I would burn those episodes. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> oh I forgot about Seven.
1: That's the old jump the shark moment when you introduce the weird kid. Like oh. remember, I mean family matters, Urkel. When they brought the kid in with the Jerry Curls, like, wait, mm. what? Where did he pop out? She wasn't pregnant at all. What's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> it's like- oh, and growing pains. You know who's the kid they brought in? Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I That's just- when they run out of steam. They go, Let's bring a kid in here. That'll shake things up. Whoops.
0: Yeah, sitcom's basically, uh, to me are very very similar to i would say athletes but some athletic careers are extended i say an athlete but when i think of athlete i think of a running back in the nfl right they come out of school at 20 and then right after 30 Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) unless your name is adrian peterson running backs start hitting the shit around 27
0: that guy's a freak dude i mean come on
1: I mean, he was back from an ACL in, what, five months or something insane? And he ran for something stupid, you know, well over 1,000, maybe f- 14 1,500 yards. I mean, he was the same Adrian Peterson after that. I and mean, the guy is a, is a fucking machine. I, I think this is his first year not in the NFL.
0: Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is Hugh Jackman better watch out because uh, <laughs> I, see, I see another Wolverine. No, I don't need the special effects. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah, point me in the direction I'll run through that wall you know but but I just it's just one of those things where like with the Rocky back to the Rocky thing it's just that sometimes that you just you just want to take that movie out you just you want to take that disc out and just crack it and with the born ones I I, I like the first three the fourth one was one of those things where I liked it but it didn't fit with the other ones I went okay I, if it was a standalone movie I'd go okay it's alright it's okay I'm not sorry I saw that alright <laughs> you know but right. it but it didn't you know it's, it's very similar to once again using athletes as an example a guy who comes out of retirement and he rushes for 48 yards and scores a touchdown in a garbage game and you go okay you look pretty good for a guy that came in off the street you scored a touchdown in the game that's good you did something you show your grandkids that you played football <laughs> you know like, now get off the field you know so that, that was the thing that was that uh, I, I got a kick out because I I normally dislike sequels. Caddyshack Two, Beverly Hills Cop Three. Caddyshack
1: Two is is well, I call that war crimes in in the Hague. Awful. <laughs> I mean, and, and by the way, you kind of touched on a nerve as you're going to find out. Caddyshack is my all-time personal favorite. Film.
0: As it should be. I
1: love it. You're goddamn right. It should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing classic. It's still beautiful, hilarious, holds up. Probably the most quoted line I've ever film I've ever encountered. Mm-hmm. But two is just, and so actually, I should have wrote written my senior thesis on this in in, in you know movie TV classes. Mm-hmm. You cannot have two part Swiss a sequel. A if the original film is R, you cannot ever go from an R to a, PG-13 a PG thirteen or PG. It never works, never. I think we did on the podcast, we found one film and I'm blanking on the instance it was, that it did work, but I can't remember it. Bottom line, it is definitely the exception, not the rule. Number two, you cannot have a sequel come out 10 years past the original. See, for example, Indiana Jones 4, the Mm. Star Wars sequels, the seven, eight, nine I'm talking about, not the prequels, that's a different story. Mm anything like that go uh go no ghostbusters ghostbusters 2 to what will be 3 i don't know how it's going to turn out we'll find out but there has not been a sequel that's 20 years after that actually i take that back i can think of one and that's tron legacy that's amazing i love tron legacy it's way better than the first one it's beautiful beautifully shot soundtrack's amazing again the exception not the rule so one, you can't go from an R to a PG-13 or a PG-2. The sequel cannot be out 10 years after the original or the last installment of that film.
0: So you don't want to see Chuck Norris' The Octagon 15?
1: <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last Chuck Norris film I saw.
0: Uh, I, I was good with Chuck Norris movies when I was like a child. You know, I was a little child. <laughs> Delta and- Force? Ugh. Great.
1: Braddock missing in action? Sure. <laughs> Everything else?
0: Hey, 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 you forgot one. The Legendary Invasion oh, USA. Man. You have never seen I Invasion? I didn't forget that. How Actually, dare no, you?
1: I didn't forget that. I lived it. How? Or Lone Wolf McQuaid. Lone
0: Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> Whenever that comes on, I literally, if it, when I turn on the television and I see, low, first of all, I, I know what, what it is within a nanosecond. I know it's Lone Wolf McQuaid immediately. And I begin chuckling. I'm like, you know what? Screw it i'm watching this is like it's like finding a bacon egg and cheese sandwich that's three days old in the refrigerator yeah i think i can eat this <laughs> <laughs> it's been in the refrigerator <laughs> there's no much there's not too much bacteria on it you know that that's what that is because I, I just get a kick out of those because as a guy you know sometimes i just want to watch something that's ridiculously stupid you know uh, a this does, does someone get kicked in the throat does something blow up great i'm there all right fantastic all in
1: all in <laughs> No yeah. problem with that. Shit blowing up. Like, here's a perfect example. And this is one of the very few reboots I highly endorse. Have you seen Dread?
0: No, I have not. The it's fucking
1: amazing. Oh, uh, it's great. Because the original Judge, judge Dread with, with uh, Stallone is fucking trash. Uh, I hate reboots. I've, I, a lot of them I won't watch. Like, for example, the RoboCop reboot. Mm-hmm. No thanks. The first one was just fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, um, Total Recall, another Verhoeven film they tried rebooting. Mm-hmm. Nope. Schwarzenegger's version, amazing. Mm-hmm. Point Break, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> point Break is a cinematic gem, but this is the one time they got the reboot right. And I will also, and I'm not a Star Trek guy either, the Star Trek, the first Star Trek reboot film is pretty damn good too. The second two are not, the next two films, the sequels stink. But rarely does a reboot work. That is a film. And, the, and back to my point, Dread is an hour, it's so self aware. It's an hour and 35 of shit blowing up and getting people getting shot and him fighting. That's all it is. It's method- It's like the raid, but with dread and cool-ass ammunition from a gun.
0: Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. I just thought of another sequel. I want to check with you. Starting oh, Actually, two. Jesus. I just thought, and it's the same actor. I'm just going to mention okay. the actor. I don't even need to mention the two movies I'm talking about because once I mention the actor, you're going to know who- exactly who I'm talking about, uh, Mr. Keanu Reeves.
1: Bill and Ted part two is fucking terrible. It's Mm -hmm. awful. It's one of the worst sequels ever made. I rewatched that during quarantine. I go, what do you, and a lot of people love it. That film's trash. It's fucking abysmal. And I did not, and I don't ever think I I will ever see part three. And then the Matrix, I think that's what you're going for. Mm -hmm. The Matrix two and three uh, suck. The third one at least has some, the fight scene in the end is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very worried about part four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I when, you, saw when, you, when you see, see Doogie <laughs> Howes, a psychiatrist, I go, ugh. I you saw the, see this. I want to see, see shit fighting here.
0: I saw the trailer and went, ooh, ooh. It's really one of those things where I literally, I won't be one of the people that see it week one or week two. I literally need I to, I, I have to have people go,
1: bro, yeah.
0: Because um, I, I went to see, um, uh, like John Wick, I enjoyed mainly because I
1: love John Wick, you know. The third one was a little when he goes to Africa, it loses <laughs> steam, but when he, when he goes back to New York, everything's hunky dory like that's what you want to see. Like, John Wick, one great, John Wick, two great, John half of two thirds of John Wick, great. But when he goes to Africa, you're like the whole, you know, I'll oh, be go get my thumb cut or finger, a pinky cut off to save face. And now, do you know they're making a prequel called, oh, my God, what's the name of the building? They go and they all the guns are. And oh, crap. The, I hotel. Can't. Yeah. the hotel. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's it's a prequel based on the hotel. And it's what's his face? The guy, Ian McShane, his character. Mm-hmm. The Continental. Not, the Continental. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be Ian McShane as a younger guy in the Continental, like in the 70s or 80s or whatever. Who fucking cares? You want to see Kendall Reeves? You want to see the dog? You want to see horses kicking guy bad guys in the chest? You want to see people's heads getting cut off. You want to see gung fu for an hour and forty five minutes, and that's all you want to see.
0: You're damn right, because yeah, that that was a uh, for me. Yeah, that's that that's an interesting thing, because I, when I watch these films, I pay a lot of attention to the choreography of the fight scenes. I'm I'm just, <laughs> I'm paying too much attention to the choreography of the fight scenes. You know, like when right. I watched the uh, Ip Man movies, the Ip Man films. Um, you
1: know, I tried watching those for the very first time a couple weeks ago, and I just couldn't care. I mean, look, its it, don't get me wrong. The fight scenes are amazing, but I just didn't care. I mean, this story is just so lazy, and I get it. It's all about him whipping ass, and he whips ass beautifully. But, man, does it fucking drag. It, and it's only—it's a short film. It's like an hour and a half, hour and mm-hmm. 45, somewhere in there. I, I couldn't get into it. I get why, why people love it. I'm not going to shit on it. It just never got to me.
0: Are, are do you are you a well? Obviously, you, you dug the Matrix, but I mean, do you enjoy martial arts films of of that type, or is it is that is that an um, off genre for you?
1: I would say so. I mean, look, I was a huge you know Seagal Van Dam fan in the '90s, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's not going to qualify for the genre that you're speaking. of. I'm sure you're talking about the the Sunny Chiba stuff, Bruce Lee, maybe all that, and, and of course Donnie Way, uh, mm. but not not really. It's got be special, like the raid and the raid redemption. That, mm-hmm. Those are, I would consider those martial art films, right? Those are amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you, well, you spoke of mis- the- you spoke of Mr. Lee. What did you think mm-hmm. of uh, the Bruce Lee movies?
1: I haven't seen him in so long. Enter the Dragon was good. I can't remember. I don't remember seeing any other. I probably did. I just don't remember seeing it. That's yeah. all.
0: Because <laughs> I, I remember uh, when the his last film. Uh, the Game of Death came out. I was a I was a kid when that movie came out. It was his last film. They literally right. at the time they had eleven minutes of Bruce Lee and they built a movie off of eleven minutes of footage. And they literally there was a point in the movie where they literally had a cardboard cutout over a guy's face, of uh, Bruce Lee's face on the guy's <laughs> screen. Oh my. It, it was it was the, the ultimate money grab. And uh, and then later on, they found. uh, If you watch a documentary on Bruce Lee's uh, life, they found 38 minutes, a 38 minute fight scene. So, if they had found that, they could have made a movie and used that at the end, because at least you would have gotten to see a half an hour plus of Bruce Lee. But this thing was, was uh, the original uh, Game of Death was. I mean, I saw it. You know, when the movie theater, you have a local movie theater. The movie goes through its normal cycle. Obviously, right. You know, you know, I was five when it came out or something like that So um, this is 10 your years parents,
1: later so your Lee film when you were five
0: no no that was five when it came out <laughs> you know, i didn't see it till i was 13 oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't see it till i was 13 oh god okay, no i couldn't even uh, listen i couldn't uh, even that, listen to the comedy that albums that at that point yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that was, exactly because i was 13 and i that was you know that's right around when they go okay if you want to go downtown and watch a movie you go right ahead buddy and uh you know you go watch the movie and you're going oh man it's Oh, he broke his arm. This is fantastic. Oh, neck breaking. I think I found a new genre for myself. I think I'm going to watch yeah. a movie with dudes to get their arms broken. <laughs>
1: I'm, uh, I'm pretty liberal. I'm pretty liberal with uh, films, but my daughter is six, and I don't think that would uh, be on the agenda for her. Nor do I think she would care.
0: Yeah, first of all, you're probably not going to be. You're not going. You're probably going to try to stop her at 16 from watching these movies, uh, and at 26 and at 36. I don't care if you have kids. You're not seeing it. <laughs> We get... People you get over... Everybody gets super protective of of, uh, of the daughters. We all know that. The son... I don't can't.
1: mind that. I just mind... I don't know about this. this I mean, my parents were hard. They were pains in the asses. Like, I couldn't see our, a lot of r films until I was 17. Like, I... I think I was allowed to see Seagull films and shit like that, or you know Van Damme stuff. But my mother, she saw Science of the Lambs. She goes, "You're not seeing that until you, the day you turn 17." She <laughs> thought I was gonna fuck with my head. Did she, and, did, uh, and here, but but here I am watching Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween shit. I'm like, well, what's the difference here? Did, in for a penny, in for a pound.
0: Had she was she familiar with what Seagal's films actually were?
1: No, but, I mean, but what's funny, I I made my dad because the one theater it was there were three theaters in our area. And the one was notoriously hard on giving kids under the age of 17, let them into rated films. And mm-hmm. I, it was, it was marked for death. The, the, the Jamaican <laughs> yeah, one was like yeah, all, yeah. and my dad was just dropping us off and it was so funny there. were I forgot there. Were, I think, why do I remember this? I, there were four theaters. I remember three of the four movies. I think it was, I know it's Fantasia, the re-release of Fantasia, mm. I know it, and I'm pretty sure it was like Prince Graffiti Bridge mm-hmm. and Marked for Death, and the fourth one was another R-rated film, and they're like, um, you know, I'm like, yeah, Marked for Death, they're like, yeah, you can't go, you have an adult, and I go, like, yeah, uh, three for Fantasia, then they go, yeah, nice try, you're not coming in, so I had to go, <laughs> go chase my dad down before he left to come get us in can you just buy us three, you know, four tickets to go see Mark for death? And he walked in, uh, they tore his ticket, they walked in and we walked out, he walked right, right the fuck out. <laughs> said, I'm not sitting to this shit.
0: Because that is, it, 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 I just get a kick out of Steven Seagal movies because somehow, some way, you could have a movie where Steven Seagal is in the middle of a desert somewhere, and at some point somehow, miraculously, a pool table with pool cues is going to show up. <laughs> so out for justice, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone seen Richie?
1: And you know why he did Bobby Lupo? I'm gonna keep coming <laughs> back till someone remembers seeing Richie. That was
0: funny watching them roll up that, that pool cue into the into the <laughs> so he,
1: and he takes and he takes like the rag and he puts the cue ball in it and he mm-hmm. smashes the guy in the face, he spits out teeth, he goes, You fucking knocked my teeth out. And then like three minutes later, they're fighting, he comes at him again, and he whaps in the face, he spits out more teeth. He goes, You knocked out more of my teeth.
0: <laughs> and then they had I'm sitting there going. And then of course it was a Dan in Asanto uh sighting uh from uh, End of the Dragon. That's uh a sticks. Yeah, sticks, yeah. <laughs> That's I just always get a, I, I just got a kick out of what. I got a kick out of him doing those uh I got a kick out of him doing those movies because um it was always one of those things where you try to figure out exactly um what why he's doing what he's doing and what he's trying to um with that accent that he's doing. I'm like, why has he got that, you know? Dopey accent,
1: Brooklyn accent you'll ever hear.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure that out. I was like, what is, he, what is this guy doing with the stupid accent? But um, I actually took a girl to see... Um, what was the one we used on the... Oh, God. The one we used on the boat. Under Siege? Under Siege. That was my, uh, that was my concession movie. Because uh, I went to see four of her movies in a row. I was too stupid to, re- to remember that I hadn't seen one of my movies. And then I go, no, we're going to see the Seagal movie. And then she wound up liking it. I'm like, ah.
1: <laughs> that's a good one. In fact, someone did that, did that on, our, on our podcast. And I remember very well Erica Laniac getting mm-hmm. topless coming out of the cake.
0: Yes, indeedy. <laughs> I mean, that's wrong. Every,
1: every dude. Yeah, it's horrible, right? <laughs> I think Blockbuster said that's one of, their, one of their top five most like paused scenes. Like People would just watch it to that, spa, that part and then put the tape back in. The most paused film of all time, of course. It's fast times at Bridgmont High with Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool.
0: Have no idea what you're talking about. That's disgusting. So uh, anyway, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So uh, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to find out um, you know, how everything got started with you because I know that you're a stand-up comic and I know that you do the podcast. Obviously, because I listen to the podcast. So um, what made you actually? What actually made you do? What moved you to podcasting and this type of podcasting?
1: Great question. What got me to podcasting? Uh, I was on my honeymoon in Hawaii and my friend Monica Vita, also a comic, she would be lamenting on Facebook all the time about all these horrible dates she was on. And I said, you know what we should do? Just a podcast because every jerk off comic hand in the air. Your hand is in the air, too, mm-hmm. has a podcast. And I said, let's do a podcast. We talk dating. We talk, you know, all that good stuff. You know, was a, you know I definitely had my uh, stories of dating. And we invited comedian friends on to talk about the podcast. We had them come over to my house and we taped and, you know, it was fun. And then she had actually had to move back to Denver to be, you know, her mom was, mom's not doing too well. So you had to move back to Denver. So the podcast pretty much ended. I did it with a couple other female co-hosts for a little bit and it just kind of fizzled out. And I didn't really put as much, near as much effort into it as I am with this one. So the second podcast we did, I did. Was with a buddy of mine, Jeff Paul, another comic. It's called the Sportsbook Box Office Podcast, where we talk movies and sports. It's two things we're very knowledgeable in. Problem though is, of course, it's um, it, it's not evergreen content. And my friend Gerard Heron, who I did fantasy football gibber jabber with for a couple of seasons, said you need to have podcasts out there that is evergreen because no one's going to give a shit about oh you know it came out this weekend and by the way the giants covered you know five and a half <laughs> no one's going to care about to go back and listen to that um, four years from now so we did that for a year or so and it was good it was fun again didn't put near the effort into it as i did with this then i go into making my shows for amazon my show for amazon comics watching comics which you know if you heard of it it's it's not anymore i'm gonna put it on youtube it's on Twitch TV now. Basically, it's Mystery Science Theater 3000 meets Last Comic Standing. Mm-hmm. And it was a re- kind of re- comedy, comedy slash reality show. Da, 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 da. So I was realizing, I realized that, like, and I don't know how long we have been doing comedy for. I'm in 11 years. Comedy stand-up is not my end game. My end game, I learned while doing it, is creating shows and hosting them. I, I think I'm very good at that. Mm-hmm. I've created several shows again fantasy football Jibber jabber comics watching comics we did a sh- I shot a little mini pilot called comics watching football and I had the idea for the movie one movie podcast because all those things that you know advice that was given to me hey make sure you have something that's evergreen you know what you know so much about films and you're very opinionated about them want to do a podcast so that's a good idea now what's the hook the hook was I can't go out there and just talk about movies because no one gives two shits what a nobody like me thinks about films. And I got news for you, other people out there, podcasters, brand new people. No one cares about your fucking thoughts either. No one does, (laughs) unless you're a known celebrity or you're insanely funny that no one's going to find out for a long time. No one cares. Mm -hmm. So the hook is this. That's why I came up with the hook. How many podcasts do they have now where people, you know, sit around, either talk about a movie or – they trash a shitty movie. That's like dunking on a midget. There's no sport to that. There's no, it's too easy to do. What I want to do is said. you know what? Let's have people come on. Cause I have very, I'm very vocal about some films. I fucking hate that people love. For example, I despise and I even did it. I even sat in the gutter's chair on my own show and tore apart a Christmas story. That film is fucking garbage. <laughs> my co-host, Kevin Israel did the same, but he did it with the Shining. He thinks it's insanely overrated. So I said, let's come up with something where it's, hey, you know, let's have people out there. Let's, uh, let's invite them to come on and have those unpopular opinions. You know, sometimes we're going to agree with them. Sometimes we're going to go, oh, who cares? Sometimes we're going to say you're fucking, you're an asshole. And that's how it came about. Now, when I started doing this, people were like, that's a brilliant idea. Like, that's a great idea. They were saying the same thing about some other push shows, but not as, not as excited about what I would tell them about this idea. They go, that's fucking brilliant, man. No one is doing that. So I decided to really just dig in and, 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 and ride the shit out of this horse before someone maybe bigger than me d- has the idea. So that way I'm established in there's no one who's no, there's no one doing what I'm doing and doing it as well. And as funny as I'm doing it. So, you know, and, and we're, and we just dropped our 100th episode this week. So we've made it a hundred episodes in a couple of weeks, actually in a week, week and a half. We're going to turn two years, have our two year anniversary. So two years of just and and the the difference between this and the other podcast is, I am so on top of things. Like before, you could just you know you post it twice, your friends would retweet it once. Okay, that was it, and maybe got I don't know a handful of downloads. Now I'm just you know we have three or three or usually three video clips. I retweet four or five times a day. We have a blog that we update that's written every day as a new piece of content Monday through Friday on guttingthesacredcow.com. We have a merch shop. We did a live show. We're going to do another live show. The live show was two of our favorite panelists, Bill, uh, Bill, uh, why am I? oh come on, Schultz and Joanne Doszczynski. They're on the morning show on Compound uh, Compound Network. They they're awesome. They have me on all the time. They're they're so funny and talented. We rented out a theater back in January, and we invited because you know because of COVID obviously we could only sell twenty five percent of capacity tickets, which translated to about forty. 45 tickets or so. And we, uh, and Bill and Joanne said that they had a joint decision. They go, and we've had them on separately too. And they're great. That's why we had them do the live show. They wanted to do the Karate Kid, which perfectly coincided with the season three of Cobra Kai release. So we came out, we watched the movie in the theater right then and there with our fans and did a live show right then and there on the spot. So we'll look, that's the goal in the end, to do live shows all across the country And, uh, you know, get picked up by a network and do this for the rest of my life and never have to set foot back in corporate America ever again.
0: (laughs) And double congratulations. Yeah, double congratulations because uh, 100 is a uh, a big number, my friend. It's a big number.
1: Yeah. What's the number they say? 90% of podcasts don't make it past. Seven. Like five, seven, five. There you go. I said five. You said seven. We'll call it six split the difference. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 again, and here's the thing too, most podcasts are shit, you know, that mm-hmm. and it's it, the hardest thing to do is differentiate yourself. Like you got to hack through all the weeds of people like, Oh, come on, we're better than the, we're better than every other movie podcast out there We're different and just proving yourself to get that chance to get that hour of the consumer's attention and say, Hey, we said we're damn good. Give us a chance. We promise we'll hook you. That's, that's the race. Now, after that, once we get established and people are like, yeah, this is a great fucking idea, then I think I will be a lot easier. But right now, I think we're we're making good headway. We're not we're not anywhere near there yet, but we're making some pretty good headway.
0: You would love to do every show live, wouldn't you?
1: A hundred percent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the, the, the funny part about doing the live show was with COVID. Like I said, people had to wear a mask in the theater. So as comics, you know, this mm. our ears are like fucking bats where I'm straining to hear the laugh the problem though of course everyone wearing masks so unless the joke killed you couldn't hear laughter so the jokes that did well but not like holy fuck that's hilarious I was like oh man I thought that was a real good one fuck so you'd have <laughs> to go so you had to listen to the replay because we had the uh the the theater mic'd up and shit but my uh my wife and my friends who were sitting right in the throng of everything like no 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 people are fucking laughing from beginning to end like I understand why like they the noises from down there, you know. So up there, we're down here. So I was like, "Oh shit, are, are we are we not doing as well as I think we're doing?" No, it was just the masks, and that was it. But yeah, I would, I would love to do live shows. Just everyone watch the movie in the theater together, we do the live show on the spot, or we come out and say, "Hey, this week, you know, Bill Schultz is going to take on Big or mm-hmm. whatever, you know." And then everyone watch Big, and then when the episode drops, you know, you're all it's all fresh in your mind, you know, with Big and. Away we go. That's,
0: I just I, that is, there's just certain things as a comic that, you know, I mean after after a few year after you get to year ten, nothing really throws you at that point. But um, oh, to, in to answer your question, I uh, started in 1986.
1: Oh my lord! I was ten. <laughs> I was seventeen.
0: <laughs> I had just turned seventeen. I didn't
1: start. Yeah, I didn't start to stand up till I was 31. So. Mm. That's not a bad
0: age. At least you have a bigger filter to put the world, you know, to put things through.
1: Exactly. That is exactly right. I'm not talking about my dick, weed, <laughs> or, you know, I don't know, what, what are the, the comics, you know, whatever, what are, the, what are those youngsters say when they first start out?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to watch because uh, when you're a kid, when you're a kid comic, I, I – I just remember purposely not doing that because I knew that's what everybody expected. My ju- my thing, bro. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I didn't want to do that.
1: Who here loves jerking off,
0: yo? <laughs> I, I, I purposely stayed away from all of that stuff because I wanted to show how adult I was to all these grownups. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be an adult until next year, but I'm going to show them how smart I am. So I'm going to talk about things that you know. Audience looks at you like, shut up. You have <laughs> a mustache yet. Shut up.
1: Mother, motherfucker, <laughs> have you paid taxes? With, ironic- you got in the car to a job that you hate? <laughs> that you're relegated to because you have to put food on the table and have to pay kids insurance and braces and all that shit? No. <laughs> Fuck you.
0: You spend 10 years being younger than everybody in the audience. By the time you've mastered the crap, the the, 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 the uh, little little techniques, you're, ju- you're just turning 26, 27. Now you're Oh, I'll listen to you now. You're an adult, yeah. You're not some punk kid that can't grow a mustache yet.
1: <laughs> You're so right. Even when I was brand new and I hear these, like, you know, there was some, there was a guy, you know, he started when he was 16. He was around the circuit. I go, shut the fuck up. Like, who cares? <laughs> oh, someone got a C in geometry? Suck my dick. I just got downsized. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: that was always that always correct when you do a college gig and everyone there is older than you are. Like, what the hell is this boy?
1: I have yet to do a college gig, uh, oh, and I don't think I'll be doing those anytime soon, based yeah. on the current yeah you don't climate. Want, oh, you don't want to do that. Uh, no, <laughs> yes. I don't want everyone just. I want everyone sitting here like this. Yeah. That's not my idea of a good time, and it's a it's a pain in the dick to do. From what i have told, but. Yeah,
0: I backed off of that two decades ago. No, not that long. But I mean, I, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: I would say that's a long time to fuck off from that, man. Yeah, so. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore.
0: I, it, I just like comedy clubs and, and you know, and it's like, like when you're talking about venues, theaters and stuff like that. I, say, I just come I just show up with some life experience and, you know, because when you when you deal with the college kids, a lot of times it's, it's the very, you said you, you worked in corporate America. So I know the difference between sales training, right? When you go to a sales mm-hmm. training inside of the, you know, you're sitting there in the boardroom or, and you're going, Oh God, they handed this book learn these techniques. Bang. They slap the book down and you're going, I'm going to shoot myself as I jump out this window. And then you I, realize, this, you, you know, I'll,
1: I'll do you, I'll do you more better than that. When I more better, what the fuck is wrong with me? That's bad <laughs> grammar. I'm, are you kidding me? I'm a smart guy. I think I'll do you, <laughs> I'll do you better than that. My favorite and my friends love, love, love when I have to go to corporate America meeting says I will just corporate media, corporate America meeting day one. And I just start reporting on the things I see. And my buddy calls it my buddy, Ron Barber. my, my, my I call my consigliere. <laughs> you know, he says, you need your show. Cause, um, it's called, let me tell you something. Cause when I go to my rant, I sound exactly like Colin Quinn and I can even <laughs> do a good Colin <laughs> Quinn impression. So he goes. I hear Colin Quinn doing this. He's like, "You need to do that." Some things I can say. Some things we can't say. But mm-hmm. it's just that corporate America shit. It's just fucking ammo. And whenever I play, I go guess who's got a meeting in three days? Everyone's like on my <laughs> Facebook post, like, "Oh, we can't wait! Can't wait! Can't wait!" Make sure you tag me. I don't want to miss a thing. So <laughs> you're 100 right the, the, the corporate America meetings and the double speak and the fucking horse shit and the and the and the ball looking. It's it's so awful i would not wish this on anyone who was caught in the afghanistan caves who was serving for uh bin laden i would not wish that upon them
0: it's just, it, it, i was just talking to a, a, another a, a person uh the last the last person i had on the show um juliette she was talking about corporate america we were just we we're just lamenting
1: uh <laughs> her name her last name would not be juliet miranda would it yes be? yes that's my girl she does she uh she's done her uh She's done three episodes. We taped with her last night. I love her and her husband. They're both amazing people.
0: Yeah, she, we we were, just, uh, we were just we were just we're both the, both trash corporate America for the last part of the show, <laughs> you yeah. know, because I just I just it, I have flashbacks of. You put on the, I call it the outfit. I refuse to say suit. You put on the outfit. You got the, you know, yep. they put that crap in front of you. And you're sitting in the, at your desk. And they, not, the, the sales training was the, I'm sitting there going, this is the dumbest. We have to talk about the yes momentum when talking to clients. And you want to jump out of one.
1: Continuum. It's a like, call continuum. Oh, God. Ooh. You
0: know, it's just, you know, the only time it actually came in handy was when I bought my, when I bought a new car. And I could see the sales training in the person. I'm going, let me just torture this jackass for a while because I know what he's doing. <laughs> you
1: know? I know. I call. I, I do. I, I do the same thing. Whenever someone calls me, I go, stop. I'm in medical sales. Stop it now. I know <laughs> you're trying to do the fucking. Oh, what's that stupid technique? Whenever one, the, one the main one challenger, the challenge. Stop it. I see right through your horse shit. Stop. With, oh, OK. OK. I, OK. You got, it, I got. You got me. You yeah, can see how
0: this would be beneficial to you, right? I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I tell you what it does do. It, with crowd work, I'm very good at crowd work mm-hmm. because sales is crowd work. It's the same fucking thing. Ask the right questions. Know how to answer. You know, know how, try to anticipate a lot of the answers, and then guide them down the path that you want to go. And crowd work is easy.
0: Now, when you when you decided to do, because I was just a kid when I decided to do stand up, I was, I just loved watching. I had, I literally. The, the the comics that i was influenced by that i started watching early on which is i mean we're going from rodney dangerfield to richard pryor to robert klein and you know, sure. literally just i ran the gamut because i really just loved all of the stuff and i loved watching all of the techniques and how they sculpted jokes and you write them down and you know but what made you pick up the microphone for the first time
1: this is a story so Everyone asked the, the usual question, what made you do comedy? And everyone's like, well, I was always the funny kid in class. Or the, you know, some say we would say the class clown. Just I was always a ball buster. Like I, my, <laughs> I met, I ran into this guy I haven't seen since the sixth grade. And I, we actually, we, I, we changed middle schools. We built a new middle school. My this my buddy's friends with this guy. And he said, and this guy, we, we, I ran to at a Misfits, a Misfits concert like two years ago at the Garden. And he's like, dude. You were the funniest fucking guy. I go, I don't remember being funny at all in sixth grade. He goes, I remember the exact moment where I'm like, this guy's got balls. He's like, you basically told a substitute to go fuck himself in the in the most pristine way without saying go fuck yourself. He goes, something he said, and you just kind of, yeah, well, no, no, no. And then pow. He told me what it was. I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, really? So then I, I I wrote a bunch of shit down when I graduated college. I go, you know what? Why not give it a try? I never did and then, so I was in corporate America. I, I I started out in diagnostic sales. Then I became a drug rep, you know, pharmaceutical sales. And in oh, uh, nah, no, I got downsized in 08, I guess this was. I, I I was saying, you know what? I'm just watching people. Like I call them the zombies in the car or zombies in the subway. Like it's the same. Oh, that's right. This is a this is not a video podcast. It's the <laughs> same like the spaced out like you're not, you're there but you're not looking your face that people have on their face for every fucking day of their lives for 45 ish years mm. and I said I can't do that my old man had two heart attacks He had a heart attack with I when I was when I was 18 he was what 20 I'm sorry I'm gonna do the math real fast I think it was like 41 or 43 right around there basically I'm older than my dad was when he had his first heart attack mm. he had another one after that six years later so he had to medically retire early. He's fine now. Spoiler alert, he's still alive and kicking. If mm-hmm. you call living with my mom alive and <laughs> kicking. So <laughs> uh, I said, I can't live my life. My dad just flying all across the country doing presentations, working 60 fucking hours a week. It just, this sucks. I go, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a go. And then I went to go see a little movie called Up in the Air, only because Avatar was sold out. But I <laughs> wanted to see Up in the Air anyway. I'm sure you've seen Up in the Air, correct? With George Clooney?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah! Fucking love it. It's an amazing film. Uh, it's a parable for me. Uh, the, and the line of the lines is when the guy who plays Spider Man, J.K. Simmons, he Clooney fires him and go, and, he, and then J.K. Simmons slides a picture of his kids across the table. Goes, well, "What do I tell them?" And he looks at his resume and he says, "Well, you know, uh, you, you you down here it says down here you made you mitered in French culinary cuisine. You worked at the top French restaurant in town after you graduated as a chef." And he in the line of lines, he says, Tell me this, how much did they pay you to give up on your dream? He goes, $28,000 a year. I go, Holy shit, that's a moment. <laughs> so then after that, I got home from the theater and I, no joke, I just started writing shit, writing shit, writing shit. And I had one of those old school MP3 players. I just read, I printed it, I re- typed it because my writing's atrocious and I wanted to have flow or sorry, thought flow. Mm. Um, you know, because I say I we all go through the same joke school. We watch fucking I watch Rodney, I watch David Tell, I watch Daniel Tosh, I watch fucking Eddie Murphy, I watch Chris Rock, you know, the, the 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 greats. So I wrote it all out, typed it all out, recited it into this MP3 player, burned it onto a CD. This is before really I I iPods, <laughs> but they weren't like, you know, phones now. Yeah. And I just put it in my car and just listened to me. Oh, and I had about and I had 15 minutes of shit I wrote down. Now, of course, when you boil it down, it probably had what three to five minutes at best of mm-hmm. material at best. So I go to my first open mic, March twelfth, two thousand ten, at the Village Lantern in the West Village in Manhattan, and that's uh
0: You started out in Manhattan. Hmm. Interesting. You yeah. know, it, it's 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 uh, it's funny when you have the comics that are from Boston, New York pretty much any place new jersey philadelphia northeast corridor comedians uh right (laughs) there is there's it's a different type of energy and even though we grew up in different cities and i hate all of your teams most likely and uh, oh i
1: hate your fans and your city with the most burning passion of a thousand suns believe me your eagles are the worst fans in the history of sports
0: and the funny thing about it is and of course, I, right. I, I feel exactly the same way about your teams. Not the city, because I used to live in New York. But, uh, but the thing is, uh, uh, f all of your teams. But, uh, but the thing is, I can't even be. It's like you just said that, and I'm like, he's from New York. That's, you know, he's supposed to feel that way. It's like, you know, how am I supposed to be offended by that when that's exactly you, how you're supposed to be feel?
1: <laughs> but <laughs> you even, know, but even true, but even true Philly fans, one of my very good friends. I don't can't explain this asshole. He's a Yang, hes a Met fan and an Eagles fan. This asshole, I go. You can't defend your fans. Like at least you know, you can't. The Giant fans are boring. I go. My buddy sees the tickets. I go with them. I don't know how many games a year. Giant fans are boring unless Dallas or Philly comes to town or the Patriots. You could hear a cell phone conversation, three sections, th- a conversation, three sections away. But Philly fans are across the board. You can ask. You can pull any fucking fan. Philly fans are the most garbage, unknowledgeable fans ever. Second, Raiders fans. I was just in Vegas last week, and I saw shit. But Philly fans are the worst. Cowboy fans, here's the thing about Cowboy fans. We both hate Cowboys fans. We don't hate Dallas fans from Dallas. Mm -hmm. We hate Dallas fans who live in the Northeast because they're all fucking bandwagon pieces of shit.
0: Yeah, they stink. And, uh, you know, because the thing is, uh, you know, because like I said, all of the stuff you just said about Philadelphia fans – it just rolled off my back because you're from New York and you're supposed to feel that way you know what I mean it's but like it's it's, you, you guys know ate horse shit you know guys ate
1: horse shit during the parade that's garbage
0: hey you gotta you got put something on the cheesesteak you know what I'm saying
1: but what I'm saying yeah. is, you yeah. know we the taste of great d shaved <laughs> meat yeah of course you do
0: that was the funniest thing when I when I saw that I'm going even the dudes that I know that actually live near the stadium who are insane we're going dude that guy's nuts <laughs> They're like we're nuts but that guy is really nuts you know, because uh, the worst. Yeah, but
1: I, I, I did a joke, I go. Philadelphia fans I'm like you hear the N word more in the seven hundred section of, of of uh Lincoln Financial than you do in a March or Charlottesville. So I try to
0: explain to people I used to do jokes about the seven hundred uh, level uh around different and but obviously that would have would have to like a New York guy or New Jersey guy, Baltimore, right. you know, they know I could say 700 level and you've either been there or heard of it. Obviously I'm from the city, but other parts of the country, I would go oh, 700 level and they were like, eh, eh. you know, at the, at, at all f- you have f- to say
1: was we had a, we, we had a court and a judge in our stadium because the fans are so garbage the, and a jail. That's how trashy Eagle fans are. That should tell all tales what to expect. By the of way, a, of uh, that, of the fan
0: for the people in Philadelphia, um, I'm just. I uh, just want to let you know right now that I'm putting up with this because he's a guest on the show, and, I, and I'm not talking. To, and I'm not going to talk about the fact that the, the reason that the Giants fans are boring is because they're all eighty.
1: <laughs> that's true. I'm not. I'm not arguing. Yes. Not arguing you one bit. Not one bit. I, I, it is I, I, we don't get. Listen. We don't get lively until those three teams come in. I mean, Titans can roll in there. Oh, that's cool. Whatever. We don't. We don't hate the Titans. We don't hate the uh, vikings or whatever it's those three teams and when they come in then it's game on then then that's your ass but other than that eh, whatever for the, the game even Let's the game
0: that, the the game that they lost sunday um how are you going to get worked up over the 49ers i mean come on i mean i mean i, I used to, i lived in san francisco so i got i got love for them i got some love for the city of new york and the people of new york after the fans after after the teams uh, the the people of New York, because I lived there in the that's really weird. I lived there in the eighties in 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 New in New York for a while. I lived the entire nineties in Los Angeles. Well, and well, so you
1: missed the good times in New York. The eighties, we all sucked. The Mets won one World Series, and that was it. The Yanks, the Rangers, the fucking Giants. Well, the well the you know Giants have a couple now. Um, but the eighties were bad for New York teams, bad, except for again the Giants in the eighty six and the Mets in eighty six, and then the. The Giants in 90 and then uh, it was in the Yankees until 90. Well, 94. They're really good. 95 was a strike. And then 96, the rest is history. And then the Rangers had the cup in 94. But the 80s, ooh, ooh, rough time.
0: It was fun being, it was fun uh, uh, laughing at the, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's just really a weird thing. And and then the Eagles win the Super Bowl uh, in 17, well, to 17, 17 to 18 season. And I you would be surprised if I actually took you with me to that parade. You would not recognize the fans with the way they behaved during that entire Super Bowl celebration. It was it was like going to what you expect. It, they, they, everyone was so on their perfect behavior. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was sitting there going, "What?" And I, you know, you see like a tough guy. with tough guys, one guy stepped on another guy's foot. Now, under normal circumstances. This is a fight. This is a hardcore even among, fight. And
1: this is again. This is this is why we make fun of you guys. And your this fellow the, fans, your fellow fans. One guy steps on your foot. Like, oh shit, my bad.
0: No, no, no. And but it's a fight. But this. But this here. But this. The, literally, I mean, the guy. I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, uh, everybody was so pressed together. I'm like, oh, am I going to have to punch somebody just to get out of here? Is what I'm thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally thinking, I'm going to have to. I'm literally going to have to physically fight someone just so I can get into a clear area. Because I, cause I'm expecting fists to hit me in the head You know, I'm going oh man I've already been through this And he just looks at the guy and goes Hey buddy hugs him no worries
1: Yeah and I went, See what winning does what? Again, you guys, you guys, <laughs> Then again you, you guys don't know what winning is Because you haven't won anything In a long 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 time Until
0: then You mean since your fans were old enough to have uh, Healthy sized prostates Is that what you're talking about <laughs>
1: I mean, the Giants beat the Patriots, too. Oh, wait. They beat them twice.
0: You know what? Twice. I Actually, that was one of the few times I actually was sitting there pumping my fists for the Giants. Uh- <laughs> I don't believe you. Yes, I don't I'm- believe
1: you for a second. I don't believe you for a second because you're not your Eagles fan. As a true Giants fan, it killed me. It killed me. And I did it twice. Mm-hmm. To root for the Patriots in the Super Bowl against you guys, I did it twice, and I'll do it again every time. I will never. I root for Al. I'll root for Al Qaeda before I root for Philly. But, that's the way it is. Here is the
0: thing, though. You see, it would have not happened except for the fact that they lost to the Patriots, and you know, with all that the uh, Spygate and all that kind of crap. And I was like, I just, I'll, I was like, I'll give you one. Now, if your bus breaks down and you all and they all they, they all catch a uh, food poisoning tomorrow. Um, I'd be like, go food poisoning. But that's just, but that, <laughs> but that's just you a different blame, story. You, know,
1: you, you can't You can't blame Spygate. You can blame Donovan Knapp for getting hammered, apparently, according to dl and puking like a little bitch on the final drive in the fourth quarter. That's what you can blame it on.
0: I just don't understand the fact that it's like you got to the Super Bowl the second you get this guy. He's having a contract dispute with the team. If it's me, I'm going to go, in. I would go, would you just pay the guy? Do you see what just happened? A, he's, he has a, his, his foot looks like the bottom of a damn total gym with a bolt through it, and, you know. And, and, he he still, and
1: he was he was had like what ten for one thirty or something crazy like that.
0: And he could only run in a straight line. He couldn't even make cuts. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting there going, just pay the man. Even if you get one Super Bowl out of it, it's worth it. Just pay mm-hmm. the man and stop being it. I would have. I might have done that at a press conference uh s anthony what do you think you're the quarterback of the eagles Ah, yeah yeah, we won the game pay my receiver
1: now that's the giant that's what the giants did with eli manning they won the first one and they gave him a fucking treasure chest full of money and then we got a bonus one we got another one out of that boy yes
0: you know what the funny thing is he actually played better than his brother in the super bowl
1: (laughs) you are 100 right and i say this i said this for years you give me Peyton Manning week one through sixteen, but you give me Eli Manning week seventeen on. Not a not even close.
0: I was completely shocked. Cause... And that
1: last Super Bowl, he was uh. so bad, Peyton. So bad. <laughs> I don't know what was, that was. So... Oh, that, no, no, I do. That was the defense, and I won money on that game. Thank you, uh, because Carolina didn't change any of their calls, and and they planned the parade two days beforehand to celebrate, and then that's the kiss. As soon as I heard, they go, "That's all I need to hear." And I threw down I don't know, threw a grand in that game, I think. And Denver won that game in three minutes. What do you think? Yeah.
0: You, you think of the last Super Bowl though?
1: I loved it because I had the I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the money line. I knew they were gonna win. I said money line. I don't need the plus three. I had a buddy of mine who's a mush. Then mm-hmm. My buddy Jeff Paul, the aforementioned. He's terrible at picking games. His locks of the week are terrible. I love the debt, but he is a terrible. He's a square. He bets nothing but favorites and doesn't realize how they can get backdoored when they're laying more than three points. Anyway.
0: What are the what I do put you it think? on
1: Facebook. <laughs> Go, hold on, I'll, I'll finish this. I put it on Facebook because get I and I had money on Green I teased Green Bay down to minus one. The game they lost. And they still could have won because Brady threw three picks. But the fucking Tampa Bay pass rush. Ate them alive. And I go, I've seen this movie before. Not only is Tom Brady at home, it is the story of stories and pass rushes when defenses, I should know my team's done it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's no way the Chiefs are winning this. Now, they lost one lineman during that AFC championship game. And And I put my money in the night of the championship games. It just so happened they lost another lineman that week. I put even more money on. I said, "You can't, I don't care what Patrick Mahomes is the greatest, right? Well, Brady is, then Mahomes. I said, I don't care how good you are. You can't be missing both your tackles and think you're going to win that fucking game. Mm. And when they held to a field goal in that first possession, I go, Oh, I'm feeling good. And after that, it was all downhill for the Chiefs and me throwing money in the air like Scrooge McDuck in ducktails going, Woohoo, easy <laughs> call for me. And my buddy, he called me and goes, Yeah. I'll make a. He goes. I'll take a bet. KC minus the three. I go. You get Tampa Bay plus three. I go. I'm not even going to need the three. Don't even need the three. He texts me midway through the third quarter. He goes. All right. Where do you want to go for stakes? He already threw the towel you he already knew it was over <laughs> and it was. But yeah, I loved it because I won. I mean, probably all in everything with bets, props, and even the box. I won like six grand on the Super Bowl. So ah, it was a great Super Bowl.
0: What do you think of the odds of a nice old fashioned Super Bowl rematch?
1: Uh, I like it. I do. The only thing that's going to scare me a little bit is Chiefs defense is fucking terrible. And then again, this coming from the guy who had the Chiefs money line Sunday night and looked good for a long time until they gave up 21 goddamn points in the fourth quarter. They got gashed. They couldn't stop that run attack at all, at all. And the sad thing is my boy Spagnuolo, the Giants defensive coordinator for those Super Bowls is now the D.C. for the Chiefs. It's still for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i worried about the Chiefs' defense. I mean, listen, we all know their offense is so go out there and light that shit up on the scoreboard. But if they need to make a stop, are they making a stop? Uh, they need that first-round bye. That's what they need. If they get that, if they have, everything has to go through our head, then without question, they're going back. If they have to play a road game, and i got to think where, I don't know about Baltimore, maybe. I don't think they're going to – struck by lightning twice. But I can't think of anybody else in that AFC. Tennessee, no, their defense is fucking terrible. Um the Colts stink. Uh, well, what other divisions? The Bills maybe. If they have to go to I tell you if they have to go to Buffalo, that could be a problem. If they mm-hmm. had to get their home for all those games, I think it's going to be easy. And I also have the 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 I bet the uh the 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 Bucks to win division. I think that's an easy aspect that's going to mm-hmm. cash pretty damn fast, but I think, it, I think it's very likely. As long as the Chiefs get a first-round buy and they have a whole field throughout, I don't see it happening any other way.
0: And then it happens. It's February. Chiefs. Healthy line this time. Chiefs. Healthy. Pretty much healthy this time. Bucks. Healthy again. Revenge. What happens?
1: What do you make the line? That's the question. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I care about. I don't hate Tom Brady. I hate the Patriots and their fans. I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm, I'm not one of those giant fans who uh, despise him that much. On the line, I got to see who's getting the points because I think I'll, I'll take if it's especially if it's a field goal or more. Oh, I'm taking the points. But, um, boy, I got to see how the defense plays during the stretch. I do. That's the barometer for the Chiefs. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I know the I know the Bucks will be there. I got to see how the chief defense tightens up. If they're giving up 28 points a game, that's a fucking problem. If they're not, then I could be convinced to take the Chiefs. It's, but, again, I got to see down the stretch how they play defensively. Just
0: imagine the Chiefs with a Jim Johnson defense with
1: that
0: offense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> imagine if you had Jim Johnson defense and that offense.
1: <laughs> yeah, all in blitzes every fucking minute here is what they'd be doing.
0: Yeah, because he's like, all, I need, all you got to do. Just keep him to 17 points. That's all you gotta do. He couldn't score it, well, you yeah. know.
1: <laughs> well, to the Giants did. In fact, when they when Plaque they asked Classico, what's the score? He goes 21-17. And even Brady goes, really Plax? Only only uh only 17 points. And that was the final fucking score he called it. Sorry, <laughs> 17-14, 17-14, excuse me. Final yeah, those... score he called it. Do you do you And get... that's what they did? And, it, and the key is putting Tom Brady on his ass. He does not like to get hit. And that's what they did. They brought even Neurah, Strahan, Tuck, all those guys, Kiwanuka, and they just made him, E.J. Alfred at a sack too, made him eat dirt. That's how you beat him.
0: Isn't that what happened to the greatest show on turf, though? They, they ran through the NFC East and basically was like, hey, you can slow these guys down if you punch them in the throat.
1: <laughs> well, that's before they changed the rules, and that's when, Spygate, that's when Spygate was in full effect before they caught on to it.
0: Because yeah, I, I just, you know, I just, I, I just, I just get a kick out of it. Because I, and I didn't get an opportunity. I was doing something else. I didn't get an opportunity to see the game. But when I saw that the, the Eagles only scored three points, I was like, oh god, okay. <laughs> I was like, you, a ninety-one yard pass. You're inside the five, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, you know, you, you could kick the field goal if you want to. I mean, it's, it's right there. You could just.
1: I think your coach is mentally disabled. By the way, you ever see those press conferences? I've seen. Uh, I've seen the guy from Sling Blade put more coherent thoughts together.
0: i was sitting there going, "Is it? it, it what's that guy? That was the uh, the the old manager for the Phillies. Uh, he went to uh, Charlie San- Manuel. Oh no 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 no! He actually won. Um, the, guy yeah, to, the guy that just went. The guy that went to he went to the he went to San Francisco. Um, Gabe Kapler.
1: Kapler. Oh my god!
0: I was like. It was, like, it was like, we have another one in town. <laughs>
1: it. remember 2009. Hey, do you remember the 2009 World Series? I sure do. I was at the parade. I don't think you were.
0: No, I was at the one the year before.
1: <laughs> oh, when you beat the Rays? Good for you. When you come to beating the best team in baseball? Uh, it didn't happen. You me. mean who
0: didn't get there?
1: We beat you when we face you, and that's all we can say.
0: And all I'm saying is your team stink. Okay, I had to. You I had know to, who stinks? Had to you know stinks? You know who stinks?
1: Pedro Martinez in game six. That's who stuck. All I'm
0: saying that was great. is that was great. the Yankees stink. And every 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 that's one true, of the, that, and, and, and and every that's one true. of those World Series they were cheating. I'm gonna I'm no, just, gonna I'm, just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna playfully I'm just gonna playfully hate on your teams. And another you know, thing, Bill that, Parcell's that, he's cheating. That's <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs>
1: Because if you had Lawrence Taylor on your team, you'd say, you know what, you guys, you're all cheating, right? I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he cheated by having all that talent. And I say that's <laughs> and illegal. Co-
1: and cocaine. <laughs> and underage pussy.
0: I still haven't seen anybody like that guy. Jesus Christ.
1: And you never will.
0: Because they always go, oh, the, funniest, the next uh, Lawrence... I'm like, stop it. Stop. Stop. Do you, stop. You, you want
1: to go... This is... Bill Belichick is so fucking under the radar funny. This is two years ago, maybe even three. They're playing the Raiders, I think, and mm. they're going... How does it, fe- it feel to face the best linebacker in the game right now, or, or recent memory? And they're talking about Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. and he stops. and goes, "Are you serious? <laughs> Do you remember who I coach?" He goes, "You're <laughs> kidding me, right? There's there's no comparison from Khalil Mack to Lawrence fucking Taylor, you idiot." He dressed him down. He goes, "You're <laughs> kidding me, right? Like you're you're you're, you're bullshitting me." With, with Khalil fucking Mack versus Lawrence Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player ever to play the game there's no argument from anybody
0: yeah i I just got a kick out of it whenever whenever somebody like i said i'm not from i don't like new york teams they stink uh and so but the thing is if even i as a person who was raised in philadelphia if i see if i hear somebody get compared to lawrence taylor i have this urge to smack them (laughs) come here for me I'm going to show you something you know and this guy's the next Jordan okay come here Come here. I'm going to show you something
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh that <laughs> LeBron's the next Jordan stop it stop. You, could, stop. you can cut that bullshit off right now too
0: yeah my uh, my nephew does that garbage and uh, he goes hey honk you know LeBron James is the next no yeah. nope. no nope.
1: stop was he undefeated in the finals nope okay, yeah but man. he
0: got there bro I said yeah nope. you, yeah. okay that's nice yeah how really. many
1: game 7 did Jordan lose
0: oh that's right he exactly. didn't have any I get to him
1: <laughs> I just yeah, I know
0: well that's 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 and, and I, I try to explain um even on the UFC side, I don't know if you watch the UFC.
1: I don't. My brother does, and he tells me what to bet for UFC. I know football, I bet football well and baseball I know well, but I don't I don't know anything about UFC.
0: How the hell do you live in New York City and, you're I just a sports fan, and I you just don't care you I, disgust I me? Well, because
1: of You should be. <laughs> I uh, I could care I could care less care less about UFC. I really could care, care less. Doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather watch football. I'd rather watch baseball. I mean, hockey to a degree. And I haven't watched the NBA in so long. NBA has been so bad for so long. It's gotten better, but from what I'm told. But when it became street ball in like 2000, I tapped that. I go, that's it. I'm done. It's And it's funny. I was watching The Last Dance, as we all did. Mm-hmm. And I was going, I was like, oh my God, that's when basketball was at its fucking best. You know, mid, late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, too. And even late 90s, I'm like, man, that's when, oops, first. I'm like, there's Deliver Shrimp, there's Sean Kemp, there's Gary fucking Payton, there's all those fucking, and Nate McMillan, all those guys. You're like, goddamn. You that
0: should watch. Dare. You should watch a YouTube video. There was a YouTube video that said LeBron fans finally give it up to Jordan. Because this was a kid was a LeBron James fan, and he sat down and did a reaction video to watching Michael Jordan's 50 best plays. And by the time it was over, he was like, okay. <laughs> he, just, he just he just he just gave up the ghost. He was like, all right, all right, LeBron can't do that. No offense to LeBron.
1: it's a plenty of offense i'd tell you one more thing too about that and we could probably shift topics but do you think jordan would have ever taken a day off for load management like these pussies are doing right now do you think jordan would have ever sit down unless he was dying his dad fucking died and he went out and and Mm. came back you took a year came back and won do you he had the flu dropped 60 on the knicks
0: Mm-hmm. you think look,
1: jordan's taking a day off for load management no no fucking chance yeah,
0: I, 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 no did, chance look, I, I actually think about it this way because it's not like what you do or what i do which we can do to we're like 150 years old to you when you drop dead you can stop rec- you know recording shows or doing comedy you know you can do it forever we've seen our, our right. favorite comics do it forever what was rickles when he died 116 you know he's still doing shows in vegas right and george burns same thing But if you're a a professional athlete, you have a tiny window in your life. You have one eight, this one little tiny little piece of your life where you can perform at that level. If it's me, I'm not giving up one damn second of that. There will be no load management. There will be no nights off unless my doctor goes sit down. Other than that, there's hell no. Because by the time you're 34, it's over for the most part. It's over. It's done. I mean, LeBron's still playing, and he's still playing at a high level. But he's not playing like twenty-eight-year-old LeBron, (laughs) you know, you know, thirty-two-year-old LeBron. I mean, let's keep it really. He's pushing forty now. So if you have if you have a finite amount of time to be able to perform at that level, imagine if you were only funny between twenty between twenty-four and thirty-four, and after that, you're not funny anymore. You're gonna take some Oops. nights off, <laughs> you know. Uh, forget that show. I'm gonna take a few shows off. Hell, no! You're not. You're gonna do every damn show, right? And that's my. I, that's right. why I never understood why people would do that if you don't absolutely have to. Hell, no. I, I, I you agree
1: with I me? I Can't, of course. I, of course, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and I was just acknowledging, of course, you agree with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, even well the, well, the thing
0: is, you know, and and uh, and I know that it's this is it's an important thing to acknowledge that um, before. So I want to we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping up in a couple seconds because I I want you to tell everybody once again where they can where they can see you and, and hear all of your stuff. But more importantly, I just want to say this one thing before you do that: uh, all teams in New York, including the entire state, all of them stink. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do I have to play the rings card with you guys? <laughs> do I have to do that? I mean, that's, that's, it, it's typical of New York, but we, we can, we can have this. So the Flyers haven't won a cup in 46 years. Okay. Check the Sixers in 38 years. Okay. Check the Phillies 13 years. Okay. Check the Eagles one in like what? Four or five years. Okay. Good. Um, and well, who else are you missing? Are we gonna talk about the indoor soccer league now? Is that where we're at? Hey, what
0: about the soul? How about them, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I rest my case. That
1: town's a bunch of losers. And then, uh I my point. Not saying New York is listen, New York's going through no, you know, um, renaissance right now. It's it's rough. Even the Yankees are looking rough And God. I don't think if they make the playoffs, I don't think they're gonna do jack shit. Mm-hmm. They when they made those trades, they go. We're still going to be one and done. Mm. That's it, one and done. And the Giants are off to a rough start. Your Eagles are off to an okay start. You're not going to go anywhere. Don't get. Don't believe the hype.
0: Uh, their, their record's uh, going to be very similar to what it is right now when the season's over. Eight and nine or something like that, probably somewhere around there. Seven and I seven. I don't know.
1: Seven you, and you ten. Had, you you played the worst team, one of the worst teams in football for your first win, and, and the Niners go out there banged up and beat you mm-hmm. so and then who do you guys have this week oh dallas oh i have dallas as an under so i actually hate to say it but i have to hold my nose then and, and root for you guys because i have dallas under nine and a half wins this year so
0: uh that's monday night right
1: i think so yeah okay yeah okay Right.
0: where is that here or is that the, well, here like i'm in philly uh <laughs> is it <that, laughs> okay List for the sake of our is that is that in philadelphia or is that in yes. dallas uh, i
1: think it's we have a goddamn machine right in front of us. And we're just like, oh, I don't know. Let me just yeah. pull an answer out of my ass. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm just, you yeah, know, I'm trying to think. I think, think it's
1: in Philly, but I'm going to double check for you right now. Yeah, Monday night. producer not- is not doing the job for us.
0: Mo- yeah, if that's Monday night in Philadelphia, it's going to be pretty ugly.
1: No, it will be. Um, that is for sure. Everyone hates cowboy fans. Because right an, an,
0: an extra nine or 10 hours <laughs> to liquor <lick her> up. <laughs>
1: Well, not only that, you also have a year of not being able to see a game in person of you know hatred that's stewing that long. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's in Dallas. I'm wrong. So there you have it.
0: Doesn't matter. They're still going to be there. (laughs) There's still going to be a lot of green in that stadium.
1: You think so? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's that's that stadium. Remember how big that stadium is? Yeah.
1: You're right. It's like what almost a hundred thousand is that more than?
0: Yeah. There'll there'll be a lot of them there. Trust me. There's always a lot of them there.
1: Gross. They're like gremlins. (laughs) <laughs> Put some sunlight on them Sunlight, proper education And some vocabulary skills And they disappear That's the uh, the rule in Philly fans
0: It's really a shame that Gutting the Sacred Cow Was uh, actually cancelled So don't listen to it And uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not cancelling not yet We're working on it Believe me, we are working on that <laughs>
0: Uh, my friend. So uh, run, run, uh, run everything for everybody. One more time for you. Uh, all go.
1: right. If you, if you could stand my anti-Philly rhetoric for a moment, thank you very much. Gutting the sacred is where you find all the answers to your questions. All the links to every podcast platform imaginable is there. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, you name it. We're there. Podbean box, wherever we're there. We also want you to go and subscribe too. If you like what you hear, Give us a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review. And we're also on YouTube. Do us a favor. Go to YouTube. Subscribe. I don't give a shit if you turn off the notifications. All we need are those subscribers to go to 1,000 so we can get monetized. So the the video, we, we, it's a video show, audio show. So you can watch us. You can watch our smug, smiling faces as we talk shit about films or defend them. Depends on the film. and uh, And crack wise with our friends on youtube so youtube subscribe please we're on instagram gutting the sacred cow podcast facebook as well at on twitter at gtsc podcast follow us there that's where we do the majority of our interaction and if you're an advertiser looking to advertise hit us up gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com or if you want to stop by and say hi stay hi we love talking to our fans and uh, we're actually had a we had a contest and we have a we have two winners. We asked our fans because fans are like, well, if I was on your podcast, I would choose this film. I go, All right, assholes. I, I, re-raise all in. Here you go. Who I want you to pitch your films that you want to be on and, and tell us why. I mean, chose two two super fans of our podcast. And you'll be surprised to hear the films that they have chosen to try and gut. Are you ready? hmm. Commando. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and another guy chose Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: What? what, what, what where Where do you find?
1: What, our fans find. How do you, which I, is funny. Which is funny because that's the third Indiana Jones film. The fourth one won't qualify because we all know it's a piece of shit. We, uh, Bill Schultz, my buddy, he did a third episode. He did t- Last Crusade. Said it's overrated. Doesn't hate it. One guy, Bobby Umar, did Temple of Doom, did not like it at all. And I thought we called it the the bulletproof crew. We I had Raiders written down as bulletproof, meaning no one's going to have the balls to attack Raiders, Goodfellas, Naked Gun, Airplane, Back to the Future, Shawshank, L.A. Confidential, films like that, films mm-hmm. that are just fucking impervious to any kind of attack. And I thought The Matrix was one as well, and Toy Story, and E.T., but here we are, right? But this guy goes, nope, Raiders. You go, well, you know what? I don't even need to hear your pitch. You're in, because I want to hear someone try and take down Raiders, because everyone loves Raiders. And people love Commando. That's a- mm-hmm. Oh, Terminator 2, add that to the list of Bulletproof films as well. The- no, you can't fuck with that. Or Alien, there's another one for you as well.
0: Anybody but- that has anything bad to say about Shawshank, should be smacked around by the entire staff as soon as they.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, it's funny. My very good friend, she, Lynette Palladino, she chose my second favorite film, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And she, and she got eaten. We ate. I ate her alive. I'm like, you can't. Don't fuck this up. I'm coming. Correct. I'm like, I'm going to because we always we we never tip our hand. We always play the cards. You know, we don't tip off until it's our turn to give our notes. They don't know where we sit. The the, the gutters don't know where we stand until it's our turn. I go, nope, I'm going to come right on out and say, you're fucking dead. So you better bring your shit. You better bring every missile, every bullet, every mortar rocket, every fucking nuclear warhead you can find. Because when I'm done, the goddamn cockroaches will still have limbs scattered around when I torch this argument.
0: All I'm yeah. saying is that that is that that list of movies is the uh, exit airplanes crew. You know what I mean? It's like airplanes are flying by. Somebody's on the ground trying to hit them with an egg.
1: <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's just, it's like yeah, Shawshank. Good fucking luck. Like, mean, what, what, how can you argue that? You're going to say it's overrated. How? You're still going to lose. Find but me a, say it f- sucks. Yeah,
0: Find me a bad scene in that movie. Do you trust your wife? <laughs> so good. That was the best. My friend, we've come to the end of the program. I want to thank you for coming on. And the most important thing I want to say is, one, I enjoy talking to you. Two, you do a really, really, really solid, good podcast. I would recommend everybody check the podcast out. That's the truth. And the last thing is New York Blows. That's what I say that. <laughs>
1: I knew that was going. I knew. I'm like, here we go. Here comes the wine. He's going to get one more shot in about his garbage hometown team. By the way, the winningest person to come out of that, t- that town of yours is a fictitious boxer. All right. And you like this. yeah. So that's the, the most winning character is a guy who's a fake person. So a fake person let's get that,
0: from let's get what that city originally?
1: Way. I don't even know where he's from originally. He's from New York. Okay, I just I'm i not a slice alone biographer. But so <laughs> I love his films. It's just the most winning thing out of Philadelphia is. Uh,
0: well, that would be me now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch Rocky Five than hang out with Eagles fans. How about that?
0: You see, I wasn't offended by everything else you said, but that was low right there. <laughs> that was that was a step too far right there. I don't mind all that other stuff. That's good natured hate between two good cities. But when you start to say that my city is worse than Rocky Five, I'm editing. First of all, this podcast is now going to be edited down to three minutes. And the hell with you. <laughs> oh shit! That's
1: your loss. I'll throw this content down and drain your miss on these gems and shit. <laughs> I knew I had to get one better than you than the Rocky one. I go, let me dig deep. Let me really go to the core and get to the nuts of this motherfucker right now. And, yeah, that was, that was, that get was, get them all rankled. That, was that was, like, yeah, that, did,
0: that yes. was, that was pretty low, man. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to edit that out. That's that what, that was going to hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll never, you can't
1: edit out my memory. All right. So, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. <laughs> But listen, thank you for having me. This was a fucking blast. This hour and a half flew by so quickly. Holy shit.
0: Yes, indeed, my friend. And and of course, we'll continue to torture each other on the web. Much love to you, my brother. And thank you.
1: Much love back to you, my friend. Okay, take care. Later.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor before you go. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. Make sure you to rate and review if you haven't. And I will see you again next time. Much love to you all. Take care.